0: Hello, and welcome to In Her Room, women writers on life, craft, and changing the world. I'm your host, Sarah Blackthorne. This week's guest is Corinne Cunningham. Corinne Cunningham is a writer, photographer, mother, and seeker. She finds sanctuary in good books and solace at the sea. Her honest and poignant writing about life and craft and juggling words and children, transport readers into her world with comfort, a warm mug of tea, and the possibility for something more to be discovered. Corinne, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about writing and your life as a writer and a mother. And also your passion for books, and your uh, voracious reading appetite. Mm, yes. <laughs> to start, I'd love to know what writing is to you.
1: Oh, writing is is so much. It's um, mostly, though, I think it's a way for me to get out of my own head and to see. What is actually going on inside of my head? Um, I remember, you know, being really, really young and having all of these really big thoughts and really big feelings, and the only way to get them out and to stop, you know, perpetuating some kind of—I don't want to say anxiety cycle, but almost—was um, to get it on paper and to write stories. Um, so, as far as back as I can remember, I've been writing stories. And there's been a lot, a lot of big breaks, but I've always had stories or thoughts going on in the background somehow. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, writing has always just been there and it's been a huge help um, in life to have some kind of an outlet where I get stuck in my own head so often. And frustrated in my own head, and why can't anyone understand what's going on? Um, but then, you know, I can write things out, and everything seems so much better and clearer and happier. <laughs> it's mm. a it's a way I think to keep my sanity. And really, the big period of time where I did not write was between high school, and motherhood. So all through high school, I had written. And I was part of our school literary magazine. And I think I was an editor at one point for one or two years. And I got to college with this idea that I was eventually going to be a writer. But I was going to study political science because that would give me a good background for writing. Um, But I didn't actually do any writing through college at all. So then I got out of college not having written, still having this idea that I was going to be a writer someday. Um, and then it just never happened. I graduated with a B.A. in um, political science and started temping because you, that's what you do with a political science degree. And um, I had all of these administrative um duties and roles and, um, and jobs, and then got married and had kids and was like, well, I guess I don't really have any um, career ambitions. So it made sense at the time for me to stay home with the kids. Um, and then I remember my son was six months to a year old, and I got turned on to this idea of blogging. And this idea of sharing our daily life with family who didn't necessarily live close by and have any idea of what we were doing, so um, so I started a blog for that reason, uh, with mostly just pictures and little stories about what he was doing and what I was doing. And um, by the time my second, by the time I had my second child, which Gosh, my kids are 21 months apart so they're they're really close in age um i had my blog posts were starting to get a little bit longer they were starting to get a little more detailed i think some of the grandparents were like i don't really want to hear what <laughs> what you have to say about all this i just want the pictures um of the kids so gradually the pictures became less and the words became more and i found that love of writing that I had lost, um, for a long time. And, um, so I had retired the old or the first blog and kind of said, you know what, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be my stories. It's going to be my writing. And, um, if you want pictures, I can send them to you elsewhere. (laughs) Um, and so the blogging really helped to, to find that love of writing again and community because as you know writing can be such a solitary a solitary endeavor and for me if i don't have someone kind of pushing me along or encouraging me i i don't have any desire to keep going so i could say yeah eventually i'll write but if no one is going to really be like oh are you writing oh what are you doing what are you working on I have no real desire or motivation to do it because, well, what does it really matter in my head? Um, so having readers on the blog and having um, an audience and people who are commenting, that really helped to spur me on and to keep me going. Um, and then along the way, I started, you know, I think I dabbled in, I couldn't even tell you what writing classes. Oh, it was years ago now. So I remember taking one writing class and, and that was really good. Um, You know, it, it was nice to have some feedback and then it's almost, it's really addicting as soon as you start um, writing and the feedback and it's almost like being back in school and that, that kind of school that I didn't do in college that I really wish that I had done, I guess, um, the workshopping and, um, and whatnot. So writing has really, writing is really to me a way to, um, not only get out of my head, I guess, but to keep a part of me that is not tied up in, um, you know, the daily duties and, Motherhood and um, and schooling because we homeschool our two children um, to kind of keep to keep myself
0: myself I think. Mm. Mhm. I'm reminded of a Joan Didion quote that um, I think I've carried around with me since I was in high school, and it has helped me to really remember and maybe give myself a little bit of permission to write the way and that the reasons that I do. Um, Didion writes, I don't know what I think until I write it down. And for me, that's been always really important to remember because when I am feeling lost in my head or confused or or maybe spinning on a certain situation, I can trust that by returning to the page and writing down my thoughts and pushing myself to expand and get those things out of me to where I can read them and not just sort of drown in them, Mm -hmm. um, I know that I find so much relief in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's it. And also, I find that being able to see the words outside of my head, because I know when I'm, I guess I would call it like writing in my head, and I don't see the words as clearly. And for some reason, when I see them on paper or on a computer screen, maybe it's just that little bit of distance um, and perspective. But it really makes things, yeah. It makes things so much clearer. Um, I don't know. Like in my head, I can see. I have a weird like visualizing words is a really. I don't know if it's a thing. I don't. I don't know what it is. But I get really caught up in seeing things inside my head and having them be perfect. Also, before I want to write them down. And then when I do actually write them down. It's so much easier to play with them when they're out and when they're not in my head. I don't know if that makes any sense or if it sounds really strange and bizarre.
0: No, actually, it makes perfect sense. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I find that um, both writing things down and also um, just in the like, simple act of editing or adjusting or making changes to my writing, once I get them down, then it's a lot easier for me to move them around. And I also use the tool of um, speaking and speaking things out loud. Um, For me, when I'm struggling to get something to sound right in my writing, I force myself to read it out loud and speak it as though I were the voice in someone else's head reading those words. And it's a lot easier to make those fine-tune adjustments when they're already out of my head and I'm not trying to make those adjustments inside.
1: Right, right, exactly. And it's almost like the emotion, like if I'm writing something that's uh, like a, a piece on something I'm emotionally working
0: through. Mm -hmm. Like
1: I can almost tweak how I feel
0: about things.
1: Yeah. So it really does make a huge difference to be able to visually look at something and see how I've been feeling emotionally and then kind of tweak it to get to a healthier spot, um, to get myself to a healthier spot through the words. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's really strange to explain it like this because I don't think I've ever tried to explain it like this to anybody else. Um, but but however it works, it works. And it keeps me healthy and happy somehow.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's good because one of the big reasons that a lot of us write is to get through our head and to get those things out and to change the world around us you are not just a writer but you are also a voracious reader you are constantly reading new books and and posting your thoughts on them uh particularly my experience of it is on instagram which i love because i can not only uh read your words and your thoughts about the book but also see the book which is great for me um what is the importance of reading to you and how does it impact your life as a writer?
1: Reading, I I need to read to be able to write. Um, if I go for long stretches of time without reading, I almost forget how to write. Like I know I sit at my computer or with a pad of paper and I'm like, I, I can't think of how to even do this. Um, I need to keep yeah, I just need to keep reading to be able to write. It's a really strange thing. like to see how people form paragraphs and how paragraphs end up into chapters. And I mean, it's it's fascinating to me how people write and how these books turn out. And it's on a very fundamental level. It's just, I need to be reminded how to do it, I think, and that it can be done. Um, But reading is... I'm a very fast reader and I will only keep reading books that interest me. So there have been a handful of books that I have stopped midway and said, I just can't do this. There's just no way that I can read it. But for the most part, um, I'm able to find something in every book that, um, that makes me want to keep reading it, and I think that's it when you're looking at it from a writer's perspective you want to see the mechanics of it you want to see how other people do it how other people form these stories um so when you're reading for more than just the story when you're reading for more than just to find out what happens um I think that's where it gets really interesting for me I love a good story I mean that in itself like I get really involved in um, in this story. I just finished um, Hausfrau, which I think you probably saw. I posted on Instagram because I thought it was hysterical. It, I think in German, Hausfrau means housewife. So to have the picture of um, the book, and basically, the, I mean, the picture of the book is just Hausfrau in white letters against um, flowers, I guess. So i had it in my kitchen and i don't think of myself as a housewife i do a lot of things that i guess a typical housewife would do um i don't enjoy much of it so i don't consider myself a housewife um (laughs) but i just found it really funny but this book was so beautifully written i mean the author just has such a handle on words i think she was originally a poet um and has written um anthologies of poetry um but i really did not like the main character or how the book was ended so i wanted to keep reading to figure out i guess what it was about it that was bothering me or i don't know there's just so much and it's also an escape i mean reading is really an escape and i spend my day with my two kids and if i can't get the quiet i need for writing Sometimes reading is the next best thing, I think, to keep my mind working and active and not just on, um, you know, subjects that my kids want to learn about because I really don't have an interest in paleontology or um, Mm -hmm. gemstones, but that's what my kids are into. So we do spend a lot of time. So, and again, it's the preservation of self, I think, is a big part of it as well.
0: Mm -hmm. You write a lot and talk a lot about your life with your kids and I think in many ways it's very different and it's a for me it's a different experience than a lot of the um, mommy bloggers and the the way that people write about their kids there's something really natural and um The word that comes to mind is effortless. Not that parenting is effortless, but that the integration of your children and your writing together seems and comes across as being very whole and being very one.
1: It makes a lot of sense. I think maybe because that's how I started writing again, was writing about the kids and writing about um, our life together. And it's always been very seamless, I think, Um, and fluid, I guess is the word that comes to mind for me, because there is no, um, there's no, you know, there isn't a certain time of the day where we get them ready to leave the house or we, um, yeah, I like to, and this definitely does not help my writing because I do not have a set time of the day where I write and I can get really caught up in, in the daily activities, but I like to... I guess since you brought up natural, I mean, that is really the way that we try to parent is very naturally. And these are people, they're little people. I mean, they really are. They're their own humans, their own human beings and personalities and um, looking at it in that way. Like, it's kind of amazing that we're all able to live together and not kill each other every day. So it's, it, I don't. I don't know even how to separate the two, like writing and parenting, and living and writing and living and parenting. Like it's. It's just all together. I think. And it, yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: I guess it's. I'm getting really caught up in my words because I guess I never really thought of it like that. Like it's just. It is what it is. I know a lot of people will. Um, will ask me or say. I've had people say to me, it's not natural for you to spend that much time with your children. (laughs) Like, well, it kind of, it kind of it. Like, I, I I guess I don't see it that way. To me, I see it like, well, it's kind of unnatural to be away from your kids so much. I don't know. (laughs) Because for us, that's the way it feels. I'm not saying it's a universal thing, but I enjoy it. And you know what? I really enjoy sitting on the couch with my laptop and writing with a kid by my side. Like, it feels very grounding to me. Mm. It feels very comforting. And, like, and they know that I'm writing, and I know that they're doing something else, but we can do it together. And and that's a huge comfort for me for some reason. Like, I love these guys. I wouldn't, they're almost like a, well, maybe it's not healthy. Like, they're almost a security blanket for me in a way, too, since I've had them. Um, life just seems a lot Easier for me somehow, like pieces just fell into place, and it's not like that for everybody. I'm well aware of that, um, but for me, like, just somehow things make sense the way that they are, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad that it comes off as um, as natural and not forced. I, um, in thinking about how I write about the kids. As they get older, more and more, I have to kind of filter myself with with their stories. You know, like they know that I put things on Instagram, and they know that I. My son at one point said something. Um, I forget what he was doing. He might have just put on a funny outfit, and he was like, "Oh, you should Facebook this." Um, like I'm not gonna Facebook this. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um, so they're well aware of that, but I do wonder. How their, how their feelings on that will change as they get older. So I don't want to have to go back through, I mean, who knows if Instagram's going to be around in five years, but I don't want to have to necessarily go back and delete things or um, change things to make them comfortable. Um, so I, when I do post about them and our life together, I, want, I do want it to come across as um, something positive. And even in the not-so-positive moments, there's always growth that happens. There's always a lesson that happens somehow. Um, and I want to show the good and the bad together. And it's not saying that things are always peachy keen or things are always terrible, but... Um, I, it's a beautiful life. Like our life is really beautiful. And even in the not so pretty moments, it's still pretty amazing. And I guess in the long run, I want to share that with people and to say that it is possible. You know, you hear so much about, um, families that don't get along or actually to go back to the, the mommy blogging stuff. Um, there always seemed to be an edge to those. I found when I was reading them, there was always some kind of an edge, like, or an angle, or a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There was always some kind of um, agenda, I guess. And I don't really have an agenda, I think, with my kids and my family, and I don't wanna, I don't want to portray that at all.
0: I'm curious, the best advice that you've ever received? And this is actually very, very recent.
1: And I'm going to share this because I think it's absolutely brilliant. The best advice that I received is to make um, minimal daily goals for your writing, like really small goals, like teeny tiny, like 200 words a day kind of goals and have that be your goal. And it, and that will propel you forward, not only to create a habit, but what I've found is to to say, all I need to do today is write 200 words, and that's it. I don't think there has been one day since I started that I've written only 200 words, because you just want to write more. It's just enough to, like, wet your whistle, and you want to keep going, because you're into an idea, but 200 words is not intimidating, because for me, um, I had been setting these lofty goals. I, um, I've done national novel writing month. So Nano twice, and I never had a problem meeting the, I think you broke it down to like a thousand six hundred some odd words a day. I never had trouble with that. Um, but not having that, um, that huge goal of like writing a novel or 50,000 words at the end of the month. Like, yeah, I want to edit some work or I want to work on my novel and which is in its second draft. Like I don't have as much incentive to keep going, but 200 words a day, of course I could do that. So I would say that that's been the best advice I've received recently. And it's really helped to propel um, me back into a daily writing practice, which I had, long since fallen out of (laughs) because it's easy to do really
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then the longer you go without writing the harder it is to get back into it like with anything else
0: yes I agree completely (laughs) struggling with my own daily writing practice these days I agree completely you mentioned your novel and it's in its second draft I'd love to hear more about what you're writing and what the process of writing a novel is for you?
1: It is really messy. It is really messy. Um, so I I started this novel back in November for uh, Nano Write Mo, and uh, when I hit the fifty thousand words, I did not. It was not anywhere close. Um, not only that, it seemed to take me those fifty thousand words to realize what I really wanted to write about. Um, which I, I'm i fully okay with. I think I'm a big believer in free writing and writing until you know where you're going. Um, so I have, you know, maybe a quarter of what I wrote in November that can be used in this second draft. Um, otherwise it needs to be mostly re, rewritten. Um, and it's, It's a story about, um, really about timing and second chances and, um, but mostly about timing because the idea of time fascinates me. Um, you know, like that whole, if you started your day a couple minutes later, how would that impact the rest of your day? Like the whole chain of events. Um, so it's, it's really a story about one missed opportunity for a couple, um, 50 years ago. Mm. But writing, I've tried lots of things, basically, um, and as forms of procrastination. I have never been a big outliner, um, so I, I had heard about that, um, I can't think of the title now, Outlining Your Novel, I think. I think that's the name of the book. And so I read that in like December, January, maybe thinking that maybe that would help to propel things forward. And then I started outlining and I just got angry because I wasn't writing. And I I was putting so much focus into outlining. Um, And I know that there are camps for outlining and against outlining. And it really is whatever works best for you um so I tried that and it didn't really work out so well and I said to my husband at one point it's like maybe I just need a whole bunch of post-it notes and then I can like create this whole post-it note wall and then with scenes and characters and everything and he looked at me and he meant this he was so sincere he was like Corinne maybe you should just write and I was like oh you're probably right (laughs) it was really and he was very sweet about it but he hears me with all of like these ideas about how I should be writing or how I shouldn't be and he's like I think you should just write you'll be a lot happier if you just write like I know I know Um, so I've gotten back to starting very bare bones I went through and um, did character outlines or not even outlines I hate that word scratch that. No outlines. I did character like summaries and just wrote down everything I knew about each of the characters um, because that's where I was getting hung up on. I was getting hung up on writing and not remembering somebody's name or not remembering little details. Um, and it was frustrating to me moving forward with the piece, like having to go back and find something, find a detail that I had forgotten because I think it's really easy to get hung up on details when we're writing if you don't want to write I guess <laughs> if you're looking for a reason not to write it's really easy to get hung up on the details mm-hmm. um, so so I did I wrote names and you know birth dates and that kind of a thing and that's been really helpful as well um, but I'm just really slowly giving myself that permission to go slowly um, and work through you know A little bit at a time each day and it's it's working and it's nice to see it's nice to see the word count add up it's nice to see how things connect kind of naturally I find that you don't need to plot a whole lot to get things to add up and to you know in writing a novel I found that there's a lot going on in my head that I don't even realize is making its way onto the page until I reread, like, wow, I made a lot of connections that I didn't, that they weren't really conscious decisions to be made, um, if that makes sense. Like, there is a certain amount of magic that happens when you're writing a big piece um, because your mind is always somehow on it and somehow working through it and towards the next event. Um, So... That is a long way of saying it's a, it's been a really messy journey and I do a lot better when I have like a, like a point, you know, the national novel writing month works really well for me because for all of November, I could say I am writing a novel and that is it. Housework goes out the window. Mm. Kids watch as much TV as you want. <laughs> do whatever, like do whatever you need to do to survive. It's like, we all go into survival mode,
0: mm. but
1: it's not sustainable. I don't find you know maybe if um, the kids were in school or maybe when they're out of um, when they're out of the house it'll be easier. But for me, that's just not sustainable. Um, I don't know how people write thousands and thousands of words a day, um, every day. It's awesome for them, but it just doesn't work well in in my house right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love if you are willing to share some of your writing with us.
1: I have a blog post from last July. Uh, it's called Blueberry Pie. Sweat drips down from my forehead as I mix the dough, shortening cut into flour, drizzled with water, a crust for the pie filling that, is, that bubbles over on the stove a lava of sticky blues and purples from the blueberries picked earlier in the day. The sweat drips and the dough comes together, all the while children dance in and out of the kitchen. Where's Dad? Is he upstairs? Is he ready to play football? Where did he go? Brushing wisps of hair away from my face with the back of my dough-covered hand, I don't look up as I calmly inform them that their father will be right with them. The screen door off the kitchen to the porch slams as my seven and nearly six-year-olds stomp through any and all hard surfaces to find their father. He is upstairs finishing a few peaceful stolen moments on his work computer. I am elbow deep in my life work, flower and shortening and children and staying present. Moments later, my husband appears and he gathers the children for games of catch in the sticky weather. Summer heat and sweat and grime is carried on the breeze that wafts through my kitchen window. Heat from the warming oven starts to kiss my skin from across the kitchen. Rolling pin in hand, I laugh at what I must look like. brawlless breasts sagging and swinging in a tank top. Hair and messy pigtails flower up to my elbows and smeared across my forehead. The oven buzzes to tell me it is preheated. I can hear their laughter outside, and all too soon the pie is prepared and is tossed in the oven. Sweaty heads come in for glasses of icy water, footballs thrown to the corner of the kitchen, bouncing lightly on the wide wooden floorboards. He comes in last, tired eyes dancing. He comments on the heat, how it's nicer outside. I tell him I know, but the pie and the dinner and... With his large, gentle hand, he reaches up and brushes flour away from my forehead. Thank you, he says. And in this moment, it is enough. In this moment, the simple words and the gentle touch will suffice.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. I think that piece is yet another example for me of the seamless integration, the the way that you're writing is very much your life, which is, I think, a tender quality in a writer to have that just natural expression. When you are looking for inspiration, where do you go?
1: I go to Pinterest. Hands down, I go to Pinterest. I love Pinterest with a passion. It is the most amazing place in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love looking at um, pretty things. I love being able to match a mood um, of mine or a character to photographs um, and to images um, without you know, and I think it's, when I'm looking for inspiration, my brain needs a break. It needs to shut down a little bit. And Pinterest and Instagram, there's, I think that there is such, um, there's such a magic quality of images and words and connection. And somehow, I mean, I probably don't know half of the people who are in my Pinterest feed at all, but it's really kind of an amazing thing to know that oh somebody likes this too somebody thinks that this is beautiful as well like could be the craziest thing that you can um search for but somebody else has already posted a photo of that if that makes any sense there is um there's just a neat quality in all of this online world which can feel so big and so overwhelming but there's also these beautiful connections and that in itself is inspiring really to know that there are other people out there who value the same things who kind of see the world through the same not of course not exactly the same but the same kind of lens Um, so yeah that and then of course I mean I look through my bookshelf and if I need other inspiration, there's you know dozens and dozens of novels and um, memoirs that can spur thoughts and and whatnot as well. But mostly it's Pinterest and Instagram. <laughs> I
0: I would agree with you that there's something really important about being able to relate visually to the words that. We are feeling and finding ourselves expressing. I think most of the guests that I've had on the show have mentioned Instagram, at least in some part or in some small way, um, which to me really says a lot about the platform as not just social media, but as a way of really deepening our own experiences and. Finding our connection as writers, which is a pretty solitary experience, you know, um, there is no one else writing with us. We are, It is our heads and our hearts and our words coming out onto the page. But to make those connections and to find a community of other writers is really profound. And then to be able to step outside of that rather isolated experience of sitting down to write, and to share other snippets and snapshots of our lives, to say, no, I am a real person, too. I do these things. I go these places. I have these thoughts and these feelings. Um, I think that that, for me, has been one of the lasting impacts of, of Instagram as a tool for not only my own writing, but just my own humanity and my survival,
1: yeah, absolutely. And what's also neat about it in the, um, especially in the writing, uh, the writing circles is it is so fascinating to me to see how other people live and to see how other people write. Not only what they're writing, but to see like what their coffee cup looks like or what kind of tea they're drinking or what they need for their practice and seeing you know how. Even just the locations, like if somebody writes primarily in bed or if they write at a desk or stealing moments from their workday. I mean, it's just so fascinating to me to be able to see that there's so much competition and so much um, self-doubt in writing, I think. And there's so many, it's such a, a mental struggle for so many of us. But when you can see right in front of you that everybody else is doing exactly the same thing, their lives are pretty much the same, Um, it really helps to make this, like, writing life more accessible, I think. You can't put people on these high pedestals if you know what their bathrobe looks like. It's just not possible.
0: Absolutely. So it
1: really does make a big difference. Yeah.
0: I agree. I think it's, it's so challenging also to not get lost in the isolation of our writing. Um, When, when we're telling a story, whether it's a novel or nonfiction or writing a poetry collection, we're the only one who knows those words right then. Um, And, and, I think it's so easy to get lost in them, but to have a place that is so human, right? Even the most carefully cultivated and stylized photos on Instagram were still taken by a human. They were still put together and carefully assembled. And I think having that place of humanity to return to is, for me, a good way to pull myself out of the deepest part of my writing and to reconnect and to, to understand. It has been so wonderful having you on the show today. I'm really grateful that you said yes and and came to this conversation with such openness. I'd love to give you the opportunity to speak directly to listeners and to share a bit of your own wisdom to those who are listening. I would say,
1: or I will say to not compare, to not compare your daily life with anybody else's, that your process, your life is going to look so much different than anyone else's. Um, That writing specifically The writing process does not need to look like hours upon hours sitting at the computer. That it can look like um, notes jotted down in the kitchen, which is where I write most of my notes. It can look like anything that you want it to, anything that you will let it look like. Messy and confused, um, but it's your own and to own that and to own your process and to let that let that inspire you and to, um, to just make sure that if you want to write, write, don't let anything stop you.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Corinne, it's been so wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. And if listeners want to learn more about you and your writing, they can find you at com.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate the opportunity to sit and talk with
0: you. You are listening to In Her Room, women writers on life, craft, and changing the world. I'm your host, Sarah Blackthorne. I'm so glad you're a part of the In Her Room community. Without listeners like you, the show would not be possible. On our website, in-her-room, room.com. You'll find show notes, learn how to work with me, and have an opportunity to contribute financially to keep In Her Room on the air. Next week on In Her Room, we'll talk with writer and accidental entrepreneur Molly Gordon. I'm Sarah Blackthorne. Let's tell our stories together.